0: To Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com, and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, welcome to the broadcast. Um, I have to tell you, last week I listened to my show when I was doing post-production because, of course, on Mondays... Uh, First thing in the morning, I do post production. It takes about two hours, two to three hours, where the show gets produced as a video. We also do the podcast version that gets distributed out uh, over dozens of different podcast sites. And I have to tell you, I was listening to my show last week and I sounded, I don't know, I sounded kind of like a sleepy guy. And I was thinking, man, I've got to pump this up. If I don't pump this up, I'm going to end up uh, on NPR doing the Jim Paris show. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more fun tonight, have a little bit more energy for you tonight. I have to tell you, one of the reasons I've been low energy a little bit lately is it's so hot here in Florida. I mean, it is uh, crazy hot. I mean, we are like what uh, three or four weeks away from Thanksgiving. And I think it got close to 90 degrees uh, here today. (laughs) I mean, I I love the warm weather. Don't get me wrong. When we get, you know, into the winter and it's super cold here, but, uh, man, let's have a little break here. <laughs> Where are those like really nice, crisp, uh, you know, low seventies, mid seventies, uh, days. In any case, uh, I digress. Good to have everybody with you, uh, with us tonight. Um, we are uh, super excited about tonight's show because we do have, uh, one of my favorite topics we're getting into in our guest segment in about 28 minutes, which is this whole idea of Americans, living overseas. And you might laugh, you might think this is crazy, but it is a thing and it is growing in popularity. And not everybody does this for the same reason. But I can tell you that many people are finding that in their retirement years, with their little bit of social security and retirement money that they have, they're able to live a better life somewhere other than here. And this could be Central America, South America, even Asia. Some are retiring to Asia. Uh, some are retiring to Europe. And there are places in the world where you can live and live well for like a, about $1,200, 1500 a month. And so one of our uh, great publications that we love and we recommend called International Living, one of their editors will be with us tonight and it's going to be someone we've never had on before. His name is Jason Holland, and apparently he is in charge of the uh, content related to Latin America. And so we'll be talking to him all about, you know, Latin America. I was in Ecuador last summer for ten days, uh, doing uh, uh, research and writing and reporting on this whole topic, and I found it fascinating how people are living overseas. And doing the doing it you know doing very well, I mean having access to inexpensive health care inexpensive housing, so that's gonna to be tonight, and stay tuned for that in about uh, twenty six minutes next week we have Christian filmmaker Jason Fall will be here to discuss his latest project. This guy's really fascinating A uh, young guy, and uh, we had him here for his last movie he's got a new. Uh, movie DVD out. We'll be talking with him uh, next week. Now, we do these shows uh, commercial free, and how we do that is we have a sponsor, and tonight's sponsor is BitcoinWorkshop.us. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about Bitcoin tonight in this opening segment because Bitcoin took a huge jump on Friday. We'll be talking about that tonight. But let me mention to you we have a workshop available, and this is for people that want to learn more about Bitcoin. You may have heard a little bit about a little bit about it. You may have heard about some of the scams. You may have heard that some criminals use Bitcoin. It's a little bit scary. Maybe you'll lose money, maybe it's a scam and you want to find out more. I have put together something really neat. It is a workshop and it's all filmed on video. The videos are available on demand 24 hours. We also have a discussion group where a bunch of us get together, exchange ideas, Post questions, answer questions. And we have two special bonuses we're offering for a limited time. The first bonus is a copy of my book, The 90 Minute Bitcoin Quick Start. That is a free bonus. We'll rush that out to you as soon as you place your order. Now, this second bonus is something I offer from time to time. I'm doing it again this week. And here's the deal everybody who becomes a new student this week will get 250 cloud coins. Now, this is a little known cryptocurrency, and some people think it could be the next Bitcoin. And I'm just going to give you 250 of these cloud coins. Maybe it'll turn out to be something, maybe it won't. Uh, We've had the creator of cloud coins on the show twice now. It's a fascinating cryptocurrency. It'll give you, though, your first stake in cryptocurrency. It'll give you a chance to learn how it works, how to set up a wallet to store it on your computer. That's your free bonus, 250 cloud coins, as well as my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start. So if you want to sign up, it's super easy to do. Go online right now to bitcoinworkshop.us, sign up, help support the show, help support what we're doing here, bitcoinworkshop.us. Tonight's sponsor is bitcoinworkshop.us. All right, before we get into all the news, social media here. I am on Twitter at James L. Paris. I'm also on this crazy new thing called TikTok. I, I haven't done much with it, but I'm on it just so you know. I'm also on Instagram, James L. Paris. You can find me on Facebook, James L. Paris. You can find our Facebook page, ChristianMoney.com. ChristianMoney.com. All right. And we are super active on social media I sometimes get up in the middle of the night and make a bunch of posts. I'm, I'm posting like 24 hours. I get very little sleep. And today was a huge day. So much to talk about in the news. Of course, we heard the, the story that the leader of ISIS was killed in a raid overnight. And uh, the president did a, uh, an address This morning from the White House announcing this, announcing all the the details, Um, the leader of ISIS, many people don't know his name. He's not as famous, maybe, or infamous as Osama bin Laden. Um, But the name, you'll be hearing it a lot this week in the news. It's Bakar al-Baghdadi. So let's just call him Baghdadi. And so Trump um, had a live uh, presser from the White House announcing this. And, uh, man, was it interesting to watch. He talked about the raid that took place on the compound in northern Syria where this guy was holed up. And then he went on to say that he, I don't know the exact words, but something like he cried like a baby or something like that. He died like a dog. I mean, Trump was Trump. I mean, he really uh, went uh, maybe a little little overboard taunting the ISIS people with, with all of this. Um, but, you know, give, let's give him credit. You know what I think is interesting about this is we just came out of this news cycle where Trump was being heavily criticized for withdrawing from northern this same area of, of Syria he was withdrawing. And I don't know if there's a connection. I haven't uh, seen anybody make the connection, but I almost think like there's a connection here because the U.S. withdraws from this area of Turkey, which is right near this same area, as I understand it. And then all of a sudden we get Baghdadi and um, it's, it's big. I mean, this guy is the head of ISIS. And so the real question is, is Trump going to be given any credit for this? I mean, clearly it was our military that did this, but Trump is commander in chief. I'm sure he was involved in this uh, at a very high level and made the decision to go forward with this raid, which did um, bring to his death, I guess Baghdadi was wearing some kind of a a vest that uh, he, a a vest strapped bombs to himself, a suicide vest, killed himself and killed some of his children, which was sad the children died. Um, But he's gone. And now the question is, does Trump get any credit for this? After all the criticism he got from withdrawing from uh, the territory uh, bordering Turkey, where the Kurds, uh, you know, have have their major presence, and now we have this clear uh, and decisive military victory, uh, does Trump get any credit for this? How will this affect the polls? It, it seems like he's not getting any credit, just from what I've seen. And uh, it was humorous to note that the Washington Post, uh, talking about the death of Baghdadi, uh, sort of eulogized him in a positive way, which, you know, it's one thing, you know, I was talking to my wife about this earlier. It's one thing for people to be political, and some people like Trump, some people don't like Trump. But can't we all be Americans on a day like today when one of our arch enemies, a murderer of thousands of people, A terrorist is killed. Can't we all celebrate that and all come together as Americans on a day like today? Apparently, we can't. Uh, That is sort of the bottom line. Um, But everything moves forward. Apparently, uh, you know, it's like, well, this happened and it's kind of good news. The media, you know, points out. But then they are making reference uh, to, you know, did Obama get credit when he deserved credit for the uh, capture of Osama bin Laden? Um, the, the the killing of Osama bin Laden. Did did Obama get enough credit for that? Everything is everything is like, yeah, this is good. But there's just can we just come together as Americans and say this was a good thing and give Trump credit uh, for doing this? I I think that's fair. I mean, let's just let's be fair, but we can't be fair because everything's got to be political. And tomorrow morning, Monday, I guess we go right back to impeachment inquiry. And all of that. So uh, it will be interesting, though, to see um, if Trump gets any credit at all from especially the left wing media. They are getting almost to the point of being becoming caricatures of themselves if they could be that because they're already caricatures. (laughs) They're becoming caricatures of caricatures just to see how ridiculous This goes. And I the one thing I found most fascinating about this ISIS story, honestly, was this. Trump did not notify congressional leaders about his plans that he was going to do this, which I guess historically there is this protocol where the president would at least bring in some of the top congressional leaders and let them know this is what's happening. This is what I'm going to do. But you really can't blame them. And I mean, I I hate to say this, but I really feel it's true that if Trump did notify some of the congressional leaders that they might have leaked this to cause this, uh, you know, this raid to not be successful. And and why do we know that? Because they're leaking the president's phone calls uh, with foreign leaders. uh, And we've got all these, quote unquote, whistleblowers within the White House. Uh, they'll do anything to sink this president, and uh, I'm sure they would have much rather that this military raid go the way of the Bay of Pigs and become an embarrassment and a failure, uh, and and not the success that it was. And and I hate to say that because on a day like today, we all should be Americans. We all should be together. But I think that uh, is significant. That is uh, a headline. You may not see in too many places, but I think it is significant about where we have come as a country that the president cannot trust the congressional leaders with information on a top secret mission like this. And you really can't blame him. I know some people will say, you know, that's his pettiness to not trust them, but but you can't blame him with as many leaks that he has been the victim of that he would keep this information uh, under his hat. Now, the Clintons are, I don't know what Hillary is up to, but I'll tell you this, that I have been saying now, I said it on last week's show, I've been saying it for weeks on my social media, that I think Hillary is really up to something. I think that she is going to make a late run to get into the race. I think she's going to, you know, she's waited. As long as she can, whatever that last minute is that she can jump in, I see her jumping in. And I found it interesting, though, that comedian and political commentator Bill Maher has come out publicly and told the Clintons to, quote, go away. And a lot of people on the left are saying this. They're saying, look, Hillary had her chance and she did not win. She did not beat Trump and they need to go away. And and this is I think we're hearing more about we're going to hear more about this. We're going to hear more as Hillary begins to sort of float trial balloons, which she's already been doing about getting back into the race. I think people are even on the Democratic side of this are largely tired of the Clintons, just simply tired of seeing their faces, of hearing from them. It's, it's like go away and live out the rest of your life in, in, in obscurity. I think people are tired of the Clintons, and Bill Maher has come out and told Hillary Clinton to go away. Now, this is on the heels of another very fascinating story that I uh, picked up today that people are starting to speculate that Mayor Pete, the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Mayor Pete, that he has a, a, an increasing chance of becoming the democratic nominee and i find this interesting because he has been hanging around he is i think uh number three or number four uh in fundraising i don't know where he is in the polls but he he's up there he's hanging around in that top group of of four or five in money and in in polling and they're speculating that he has very positive numbers in iowa and Iowa is important, not that you have to win Iowa to go on and get the nomination, but it is it is a great advantage if you can win Iowa. And they say that the odds are looking better and better for Mayor Pete to take Iowa. And it'll just be very interesting. Um, Mayor Pete, as harmless as he looks, he is way out there on the far left. And a lot of people haven't really been looking very closely at him. A lot of conservatives have sort of counted him out, like, okay, look, this guy's the mayor of a small town. Realistically, what are the odds that he's going to be able to do anything here, that he's going to get any traction? But then here he is, number three in money, and he's hanging around in the top you know, handful of, of uh, contenders in the polls. He's got more money, for example, than Joe Biden has money, Mayor Pete. So I don't think this is an outrageous prediction. He's a young guy. He's very liberal. He is, uh, of course, he, he's gay. This, this is something that the left are very excited about, possibly the first gay uh, president. Um, so he does have a lot of wind at his back right now. I don't know. I mean, can you go from mayor of a small town to the, to the White House? Yeah, Trump didn't have any political Background, and he went to the White House, so it is not. There are no prerequisites, I think, that anybody has anymore, and I think it's just interesting to see. And I think part of it is, is honestly, and this whole idea of the Clinton should go away. I think that Americans are getting tired of these super old people being presidents, and I, I think that there is a longing, maybe, to go back to the days of a JFK who was elected, I think, when he was 42 years old or maybe 41 years old. Um, I mean, not that we necessarily need someone that young, but when you're, you know, you're getting into the Bernie Sanders of the world, for example, Bernie Sanders, you know, has a heart attack. He's like 70, what, 77, 78 years old. I mean, you want a president in their 80s in the White House Anybody on the left or the right, do we want these people should be in nursing homes? They should not be in the White House. And I'll put Trump into that, too. I mean, you know, I, I, I voted for Trump. He's he's a little bit nutty. Um, I don't always agree with his tactics and, and his um, craziness on Twitter and all of that. Uh, and I've often said this. I've said, given the choice, I'd rather have Barack Obama as my next door neighbor than Donald Trump. However, um, Trump, his values, the things that he's been pushing for, line up with my values. He wasn't my pick in the primaries, but in the general, between him and Hillary, I, I voted for Trump, and everybody knows that. But I will tell you that just as a person, there's a lot about him that, that does rub a lot of Christians the wrong way, evangelical Christians, including myself. And I would like to see someone younger. You just wonder, with, with all of the bright, People, all of the bright people in this country that have incredible accomplishments, it does seem bizarre that we have the, the people we have to choose from. We just don't seem to. And 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 I say I say that on behalf of Democrats because when you look at, I mean, you've got. Um, you've got one contender, Bernie Sanders, you know, just had a heart attack and he said takes a week off and he's back on the trail. And then you've got Joe Biden, whose false teeth are falling out of his mouth during the uh, debates. I mean, this is, these people need to go off to a nursing home. I I really think that what mayor Pete may have going for him is just his youth, that people are tired of these seventies going on 80 year old, Candidates, just just a thought. I'm curious what you think. You can, of course, email me, Jim at ChristianMoney.com. Mayor Pete, though, unfortunately for conservatives, is perhaps one of the very most left leaning liberal, uh, you know, candidates on the uh, Democratic uh, in the Democratic primary race, um, and and his odds appear to be rising today. Okay, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, all of that. It is going. Nuts. Uh, I believe they said that Friday was the third largest jump in one day for Bitcoin. Get this Bitcoin is, it was up 40% in value on Friday, just on Friday. So on Friday, I think it was trading around 7,500 tonight. As we are looking live here at a quote, this is uh, the quote from, uh, Coinbase is quoting Bitcoin right now at almost uh, just over $9,700. Just over $9,700. Now, in the last couple of days, it did actually cross over, hitting a high of, I believe, $10,400. But this is it's, it's exciting to see what's happening. There's a lot of speculation about why. Why did Bitcoin make this giant jump? Well, the president of China came out. President Xi came out and made some very positive comments, not about Bitcoin, but about blockchain technology. And apparently there's some new law that's just been passed in China, which is very friendly uh, to cryptocurrency and blockchain. And China is actually developing its own national cryptocurrency, which, which we predicted it here. And it's in my book that I said that most of the countries most of the modernized countries around the world are going to eventually have a cryptocurrency not that it will completely replace their physical you know paper currency uh in in every case but that it will be available to them it'll it'll be available to people to have for example a crypto version of the us dollar so what caused bitcoin to drop was there was some you know really negative there's been some negative vibes for a few weeks really, but it sort of reached a crescendo earlier in the week with uh the, the whole idea of Facebook having its own cryptocurrency, the 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 so-called Libra cryptocurrency that Facebook was planning and is still planning. They're getting a lot of um a lot of resistance on that from Washington. And Zuckerberg was there this week and and had to answer some questions about that and other things. So the thought was you know, Bitcoin made a big jump when Facebook announced it was going to have a cryptocurrency. So now that it's sort of, you know, 50, 50, maybe they'll have one, maybe they won't have one uh, that sort of drove the price down maybe to the mid seven thousands. But now, you know, who cares? And and this is what I've said all along. A Bitcoin ETF would be nice. You know, that is Bitcoin trading on Wall Street. Um, and, and, Maybe one will happen, maybe one won't happen, but we don't need that. We don't need Facebook to have a cryptocurrency. In fact, the other side of the argument is this. If Facebook doesn't get its own cryptocurrency, that makes Bitcoin, in my view, even more valuable because Bitcoin, uh, you know, has no competition then. Because people are super excited about Libra and they said, oh, this means good news for Bitcoin. And then some people said no, because then everyone will want the Libra and not the Bitcoin. Right. So I think you could argue both sides of it. But Bitcoin has uh, will never have more than twenty one million coins. There's only three million more coins left to be created through so-called mining, which is a process by which you can use your computer uh, to run mathematical calculations to earn Bitcoin. We won't get into that tonight, but it's in my book, The 90 Minute Bitcoin Quick Start. There's only three million Bitcoin left to be created. There's probably four to seven million Bitcoin that have been lost through any number of scenarios where people have deleted their Bitcoin wallets. They have thrown away computers. So there's a super limited quantity of this. And there's not going to be enough Bitcoins for every millionaire to have even one. And so we've got people like John McAfee, who is now raising his prediction to $2 million for one single Bitcoin uh, within the next year or two. I don't know where the price goes, but it is really exciting to see what is happening and Bitcoin tonight, uh, close to 10,000 and uh, that big jump on Friday, 40% in value. This was interesting. Uh, Pacific Gas and Electric, otherwise known as PG&E, which runs the uh, electric grid for California, uh, came out over the weekend and said that there may be blackouts, these, these blackouts, for up to a decade. So California right now is being ravaged by these wildfires, both north and south, both northern and southern California being ravaged by wildfires. And the last wildfires that took place last year were then linked to these um, power uh, boxes uh, sparking and so to prevent the fires, when the conditions get very dry and very windy, PG&E, to prevent their equipment from sparking and causing another fire, they're shutting down the electric. And they're saying that this whole thing could go for 10 years. That So these people in California, I mean, it's bad enough that in if you live in San Francisco, you have to have an app now to know what streets to walk down so that you don't walk through human feces. But these people are now living with with an incredible state income tax, with incredible property taxes, with incredible crime problems and homelessness problems, and now these fires and earthquakes, and now they can't even have power. I mean, they're going to have their power turned on and off for the next 10 years, we're being told. I mean, this is like a third world country. What is happening in California? I just could not believe this article when I saw it today. Other things trending on my social media. I don't know if this was tongue in cheek, if this was sarcastic, but uh, Jim Comey, of course, uh, one of the arch uh, enemies of, of Donald Trump, says that if Trump wins in 2020, he will be Uh, He will be living at his, quote, new home in New Zealand. I don't know what all that's about, if he actually does have a home in New Zealand or is planning to move to New Zealand, but he will be one of many that have promised to disappear and move on to another country if Trump is elected. I wish a lot of those people would have kept their promises like Rosie O'Donnell and others that said they were leaving the country if Trump won. I said this to my wife this morning on the way to church. What are these liberals going to do if Trump, in fact, gets reelected? I mean, it, we're talking about crying and wailing and weeping and yelling and screaming and, and all of that. What are they going to do if Trump gets reelected You know, in a year from now? I don't know. Comey says he's moving to New Zealand so so hopefully that will in fact happen and then this if you check out my social media i had the strangest morning on friday morning friday morning i got over to the local walmart here in palm coast at 7 a.m because i wanted to be like the first guy in line to get some work done on my car oil change and things like that and walmart's a great place to go for those kinds of services I I got there. I wasn't the first in line. (laughs) I was like eighth or ninth in line. It it never works out well on a Friday, but in any case, so i had like an hour to, to kind of kill. I was walking around Walmart, just looking at, you know, what do they have? You know, all this stuff they have. And um, I, I walked down this one aisle in the camping section and I saw a robot. I am not kidding you. Danger. Will Robinson, danger. Will Robinson. There was a robot going up and down the aisles. And I just stood there like spellbound, like there's a robot here working. And I'm, I'm staring at this thing and watching it. It's like slowly going through the aisles and it's got like a video camera and, and lights that are going on and it has a name badge. I am not kidding. The robot had a name. It was Kathy 2.0 is the name of the robot. So I was all excited about this. I found a worker a couple of aisles over. I said, hey, there's a robot. W- what is the robot? And they just looked at me like, oh, yeah, you know, we have a robot. And uh, it takes inventory every morning. Yawn. Like it was, you know, no big deal to them. But, you know, I'm like a little kid. And I'm walking around. I'm following the robot around. <laughs> I I made a video of the robot. And I put it up on my social media. And a lot of people were excited about it, were you know, I got a lot of reactions from people saying that's going to take away a lot of jobs. May, and It probably will. Um, but they say robots are going to take over everything. But I don't know. I'm a kid that was born in 1965 in Chicago. We had three TV channels, a fourth if we could uh, mess around with the rabbit ears. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up with any of this. So excuse me for being excited, young people. But when I'm at Walmart and there's a robot going up and down the aisles, taking inventory, I just, I got excited about that, so if you want to see that video, that's on my Facebook, it's on my Twitter, it's on my Instagram, at James L. Paris. All right, so that is the end of our first segment. We will fire the open. We'll be back in exactly one minute with our special guest, Jason Holland, an editor with International Living. We'll be back. Stay tuned.